0: Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media, to make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever in the ages of all ages, Amen. I'd like to bring your attention to verse 35, 36, and 37, even 38 if you like. Love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you'll be sons of the Most High, is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. People read these verses from year to year, month to month, day to day, week to week, depending on the frequency of the reading. And they say, this is impossible. Why is this put upon us to do or try to fulfill commandments we cannot fulfill? We are not able. The answer is very simple. It's true. It's impossible. We cannot. Alone, we cannot. But we are told by the one who does it every single day with each and every one of us across this planet. He does this all the time. He loves his enemies. He does good. He, hands, he lends and so on. He's merciful. He doesn't condemn. He forgives. and The list goes on and on. Given will be given to you, good measure pressed down, shaken together, will running over be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you used will be measured back to you. The Lord says... The more you pour, love, he who is watered will be watered himself. If you water, you'll be watered. If you are limited in what you give, it's only normal that we reap what we sow. The Lord is giving us this as the top of teaching, right? The top of the example. Christianity is always singled out by this. Love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who use you. This is singles out the faith completely. And we say, I cannot do this. Many people say, "This is I, I can do other things. I can maybe tolerate my enemy, but to love my enemy, no. Perhaps I can do this, but I can't do that. The, the answer is no. Through Him, you can. You can do things beyond what you thought you could do. And there are many examples across uh, our faith and the history of the church. And many saints who have preceded us, who have been able to do this without without denying the fact that it was only through their faith in the Lord Jesus that they did this, trusting in who the Lord Jesus is that they did this. Last week we spoke about home improvement and how the home is in constant need of work. One of you is a homeowner, anyone of you who has anything, you constantly maintain it, refurbish it, improve it because it needs constant work. Now, our faith in Christ and our walk with the Lord is the exact same thing. It's a work in progress. So, any of you who look at, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, and see these high standards of living according to the Christian faith and say, I can't, I'm sure you can. I'm standing here as a witness and a testimony to you that you can. And that this is happening as a work in progress. There are things I'm positive, you yourselves have been doing lately, that you may have not been able to do in the past. And sometimes it's the other way around. There's things you used to do. Used to be more forgiving, more kind, more this, more that. And now you find it's dried out. The well is dry. It's time to fill that well up again. And we have been celebrating Pentecost's gift, the Holy Spirit, throughout these weeks of the Apostles' fast. And it's a reminder that you and I cannot accept by the Holy Spirit except by the work of the Holy Spirit. St. Paul even tells us that you cannot call Jesus God except by the Holy Spirit. So if you think that you, if you've been working on this alone and finding yourself unable to achieve, that's the simple answer because you've been doing it alone. But St. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ. Through Christ, you can say by Christ, in Christ, but without Christ, no. The Lord Jesus made it very clear before he was arrested, the eve of Good Friday, when he was comforting the disciples, he said to them, without me you can do nothing. It's, it's understandable that we can't. But if we will, we can do great things. If we choose, we can do great things. So when the Lord says in another version of the same gospel, be perfect. Just as your Father in heaven is perfect. He's calling us to perfection. And that's what, that's what happens with a work in progress. It continues to improve as long as it's working towards that same goal, till it's perfected. You yourselves hear every liturgy, the commemoration of the saints. You see, as this the Lord is the Commander, of your only begotten Son, that we share in the commemoration of your saints, then we list the categories of different people who have walked the earth with their Lord, and it says at the end, who have been perfected in the faith. What does that mean? That they have been perfected in the faith. It means that they grew, they grew, In the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that perfection came over years. The Lord calls us to faithfulness. Like Mother Teresa says, we are not maybe necessarily called to be successful, but we're called to be faithful. So your faithfulness, in other words, your desire to work with the Holy Spirit who is in you, that faithfulness to Him, that adherence to Him, abiding in Him, will enable you to do these things. The Lord said, The works that I do, you will do. You remember that? He also said that the eve of his arrest. The works that I do, you will do. And then he adds to it. He goes, and guess what? Not only that, but greater works than these you will do. Lord, greater works than what you've done? Yes, because I go to the Father. What does that mean? Because you go to the Father. If you remember and you read back a few verses, because I'm departing and I'm sending you the Helper, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit who will abide in you and dwell in you forever and bring to your remembrance all things that I've ever said to you so that through him you may do these great things that I have prepared for you to do from before the foundation of the world. I have given you these things. I have prepared for you something to do anyway. You see, God is selfless and he continues to love the cross. He continues to give himself on the cross for us in self-sacrifice all the time, wanting to raise us up, To His image and likeness. So the answer is, I can. And you can. And we can. This is the truth. But only by the Holy Spirit. Hold on to Him tight. Get to know Him. Like we've been talking about, the work of the Holy Spirit, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to work in you. Say, Lord, give me a spirit that is willing to work with your Holy Spirit. In the Psalms it says, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. The Lord will perfect it. May I mercy O Lord endures forever forsake not the works of thine hands. You are the work of His hands. He is molding you and shaping you daily in His image and likeness. And the more you're willing, the faster the shaping comes. The more you're willing, the more He can do great things through you. The idea is not reading scripture as if I'm reading it like I'm reading a textbook or a magazine or a blog or an email or searching something on google you read the gospel with it above your head saying lord i submit myself to your word for you are the word of god what you say goes the more i am willing to say what you say goes from my heart the more he opens my eyes and my ears to him and his voice and what he's trying to say to me and the faster i'm being perfected in the faith this is his will for each and every one of us, this is what he wants to do for us. It's also interesting to look at what St. Paul says about how, in the process of this work, sometimes painful, sometimes difficult, sometimes tedious, we kind of lose our breath. We kind of find, like, you know what, this is too much. I need to take a break. I'm going to, you know, take a break. I'm going on vacation. It's summertime. I'm vacationing away. Go right ahead, vacation. But I highly recommend that you take the Holy Spirit with you on that vacation. Because if you think going on vacation means no fasting, no praying, no Bible, no spiritual walk, no deeds of mercy, no walking in the footsteps of Jesus while you're walking on that sand by the shore of the beach. If you forget Jesus here and you go on the plane without Him, you're going to come back and you're going to feel that something is wrong. Something is missing and that vacation needs a vacation. To re-energize and refuel you again. However, if you continue to walk by His side and take Him with you wherever you go, then you continue to grow. That's why St. Paul tells us, therefore we also. He's talking about a group of amazing people in Hebrews chapter 11, about their faith and what they endured for the sake of the faith, how they have been perfected in the faith. He goes on to chapter 12 and says this, we also, Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, like St. Moses the Strong, St. Mary of Egypt, and countless others, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. We so easily let ourselves be trapped by sin. So as soon as something catches my eye, boom, I'm down on the ground. Why not put up a fight? Have I even tried? Have I even given the, the thought... The concept of struggling in the faith, a chance or not? And the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance. It needs endurance. You need to continue steadily in that pace. The race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Look unto Jesus. St. Peter only began to drown in the water when he stopped looking towards the face of his Saviour. As soon as he renewed his look towards him, it didn't take a second before the arm of the Lord plunged into the sea and pulled him out. The Lord is constantly plunging his arms into the abyss of sin to pull us out. For the joy that was set before him, he endured this cross, despised the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is his joy. To see us renewed in his image and likeness. This is his joy. In the Psalms it says, it is God who arms me. David says, with strength and makes my way perfect. Again, you see that concept of perfection. That work in progress is being perfected. You're constantly being armed. St. Paul took this and gives us the full armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. You're being armed so that you'll learn how to fight. You're being armed so that you learn how to fight. And we see many beautiful stories that we'll talk about in a second. About that. St. Paul also gives us another thing to remember. You're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. You're armed. All you have to do is pick up and run with it. He goes on to say in Philippians 3, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected. I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm imperfect. I know that I am still a work in progress, but I press on. No, I'm not perfect. Yes, I'm a sinner, but God is good And God is greater than my heart and knows all things. And He continues to work with me because He loves me. He desires to work with each and every one of us. Any one of you who has a negative self-image of yourself before Christ, any one of you who has a low sense of self-esteem before Christ, this is not from Christ. This is from the devil who is trying to tarnish your own image in Him so that you can turn away from Him thinking that you're turning away to him or it or whatever it is that you think loves you but he who has loved you an everlasting love from before the foundation of the world continues to look at you with eyes filled with love you know how your eyes well up with tears when you see your child coming home from school or when you see someone you love coming home from a long journey and you're happy to see them again these eyes are the exact same eyes that's just a glimpse of the eyes of Jesus looking at you 24 7 even when you're snoring in bed his eyes are looking at you this way he continues to look at us this way so Saint Paul says because of that I press on you press on brethren I do not count myself to have apprehended I haven't been perfected yet but one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead I press on toward the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus you say well that sounds wonderful The harder I try, the harder things seem to get. I'm miserable. It's very difficult. I try at home, my family doesn't want to cooperate. I try at work, my boss is giving me heartache. I try this, this doesn't work. This is part of the perfection. Part of the perfection is going through these things. St. James says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Be joyful, because that means something is going right, actually. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But well, let patience do what? What does it say again? Here again, there, that word again. Let patience have its perfect work. You are being perfected, that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing. It's a work in progress. Isaiah gives us this verse, and it's one of my favorite. You've heard it many times from the church here. Isaiah 35, verse 8. A highway shall be there and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness, the road to perfection, being perfected. The unclean shall not pass over it. Those who refuse it won't go on it in the first place. But you're not here because you're refusing it. You're here because you're struggling in the faith. And you're striving. And you will desire. That's what the Lord needs. Your will. His will is always ready. Your will in cooperation with that will will lead you on this highway. And you won't get lost. And you won't take the wrong exit. And even if you do, He is able to recalculate your path and bring you back on track. It shall be for others. Who are the others? All those who have chosen to believe in the love and the blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. Even if I don't know where I'm going, he knows where I'm going. That's why if I let him lead me, that's why if I say like David said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside the still waters. Am I coachable enough to let him lead me? Am I teachable? Am I willing to let him lead me? Say with the psalm that we say every day at the end of the first hour. Psalm 142 or 143 in the Bible. Teach me to do your will for you, are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Keep asking for it. Keep asking the Holy Spirit to give you this. And when you feel weak, know that you are strengthened by the grace of God, even in your weakness. Even St. Paul asked for things that he didn't always get exactly the way he requested them. It says he, the Lord said to him after he asked for something three times, that he may be relieved from a certain problem. You can read the details in 2 Corinthians. He says, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. His strength can be perfected because it's perfect. doesn't need much other than your will. His strength is perfected in my weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities. St. Paul said, I'd rather boast that I'm a sinner, boast that I am weak, boast that I can't, because as soon as I acknowledge He who can... I am able to do great things. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake, for His sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is again the promise. Yesterday the church celebrated a beautiful saint named St. Moses the Strong. Many of you have heard of him, familiar with him. His biography, his story is remarkable. Those of you who have not had the chance or the pleasure of getting acquainted with this saint, please begin to do so today. I encourage you to look up who St. Moses is. You'll find him in the Coptic Senexarium. You'll find him online. You'll find his sayings of the Desert, in the, in the sayings of the desert Fathers. There's all kinds of amazing, amazing, amazing stories about him. And we have a blessing of a relic of his here in the church, actually. He is an icon of repentance. He says this to us, To live with Jesus you need struggle. You need struggle. You need humility and unceasing prayer. These are your tools for the hard road ahead. Now this is coming from a man who lived completely opposite of what you're seeing on the screen. You think, oh, this man looks like a real nice man, gentle saint. He's holding a cross. He's got a staff in his hand. He looks like he's been through a lot. But This man started off his life bound to hell. He was bound to hell. Like he was, for sure, full speed ahead into the lowest parts of hell. He ate and drank excessively. He was a thief. Then he was a ringleader of thieves, so like a gang leader today. He was a murderer. He was an adulterer and a fornicator. And it didn't stop. It continued for years. But the will to search for something greater, which, by the way, is in each one of us, to be defaulted. Every one of us is defaulted deep in his heart, whether you're Christian or not, by the way to seek and search for something, and I have to say someone greater than yourself. Not a different identity, but he who created you. Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. This man's life was totally opposite of this, and look what he's talking about now. What happened? He began to search, and as he began to search, he found. The Lord says, ask and you will find. Seek. Ask, seek, knock, and it will be given to you. The Lord wants to give it to you. St. Moses' story is incredible. And he began to imitate his Lord. They even said to him, You lived your life prior to this, breaking every law of earth, just so that you can one day hold on to every law of heaven. Everything you read in today's gospel, Luke chapter 6, he did. Loving his enemies, blessing those who curse him, doing good to those who hate him, and giving, 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 till, he, till the, the grace of God led him not only to his own salvation, but the salvation of hundreds of others who followed him at the time and generations of others who have found hope in their struggles because they could see, hey, if this man who was in the pits could do this, then I think I can too. And this is again the promise and the gift of God. So you say, well, he even says it's a hard road. Yes, it is a hard road, but you don't walk it alone. You're not left alone on this hard road. The Lord, nothing is hard for him. Even Jeremiah says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything? If the crown of thorns that was on his head, he held and endured it. He embraced the cross for us. He was incarnate for our salvation. What is there that's hard for him? Nothing. With him, nothing shall be impossible. So there is nothing that's too hard for him. Whether the road is hard or not, what matters is who's with you on the journey. If you're walking alone... That's a, I'm, I'm worried for you. It's going to be difficult. I can't imagine climbing a mountain all alone in the dark and in the cold with all kinds of beasts at the wilderness. But if Jesus is walking with you, climbing up with you, giving you energy and protein bars and everything you need on the way up, I'm pretty sure you're going to be fine all the way to that summit. There's nothing too hard for him. Absolutely nothing. St. Paul continues to say in 2 Corinthians, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. You are not brought into this world to fail you have not been brought into this world so that you can one day die and go to hell no 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 you have been created in the image and likeness of god that you may live forever that you may live where he has prepared and for where he has prepared you from before the foundation of the world before he created this beautiful planet this beautiful country this beautiful city he created a place for you to sit with him eternally So you're being led in triumph, not in failure. Even if you go through ups and downs in your journey, this is all part, again, of the work in progress. St. Paul tells us while sitting in a prison cell, in Philippians 1.6, he says, being confident, he's confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. As soon as the priest immersed you three times in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and brought you out, buried with Christ in baptism, and risen with Christ forever, the Lord has sealed you for redemption. And you have been anointed by His Holy Spirit 36 times. The priest put a red ribbon around you to remind you you're sealed by the blood of Christ for redemption. And this means this seal is a guarantee that He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until He comes back the second and last time, the second coming of of our redemption. So remember these words. When the leper came to Jesus in Mark chapter 1 and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. I can be clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. He is willing. It says in the Old Testament, whatever is happening in the people and the state of the people, his hand is stretched out still. His arm is still stretched out on the cross. So is his other arm, constantly stretched out on the cross, telling you, I'm willing. Yes, I'm willing. He's constantly telling you this. Ava Moses said to Ava Silvanus, Can a layman, can I, sorry, can a man lay a new foundation every day? The old man said, If he works hard, he can lay a new foundation every moment. Every single moment is a moment of foundation. Every single moment is a moment of rebuilding. Just remember who you are and remember who God is. The more you reaffirm who you are in Christ, the more your behavior will begin to reflect your true identity, your true citizenship, it will begin to reflect where you belong and where you have come from. You are born of God. Like St. John says in his gospel, to those who believe in his name, he has granted to become children of God, to become a work in progress. We're born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You are born of God. Your citizenship is in heaven, not here. Yes, we're proud to be Canadians. We love Canada, but our citizenship is heaven. We are bound for heaven. We are sojourners in this place. May God grant you to be as firm in the faith as St. Moses was, who went to his father of confession dozens of times. One night he went 11 times. Some say 18 times asking for help, asking for grace, praying for, and struggling in his, in his walk. May we have that same like, hard head when it, and stubbornness not to sin and walk away from God, but to have that same hard head and stubbornness say, I will follow Jesus till my last breath. So help me God to fulfill the vows that I have promised. If you noticed in the psalm that we read today in the gospel, it said so. And you who see God, your heart shall live for the Lord hears the poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom. I'll praise the name of God with a song. Praise will neutralize the devil's traps and will magnify him with thanksgiving. Praise and Thanksgiving and remembering who we are in Christ and what He has prepared for us. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.